Welcome to the ACC Kids Leadership Podcast, where we aim to help resource kids, pastors, and leaders. I'm Andy Kirk, and today I want to talk to you about vision, culture, but more than that, about how we do things always trumps what we do. Well, that's the intro, but before we get there, let me just uh, quickly update you. Here we are in Australia. We're about to enter into a time of some training around the nation. And so if you're listening to this podcast right now, uh, we've got uh, New South Wales and uh, Victoria. So Melbourne and Sydney training happening this week and next week, Brisbane and Adelaide, we have some training. So make sure you get your teams along to the ACC Kids Training Days. It's gonna be a brilliant time together at these events. As well as that, we still have that opportunity for you to go to the website, connect in with one of our teams. We really just care about how you're doing personally and we wanna uh, make available that opportunity for you to be able to uh, connect in with someone, whether it be about well-being, whether it be about practical leadership, whatever it might be, we're here to serve you. And don't forget to put in your calendar now, August 9th to 11th, Kid Shaper Conference on the Gold Coast. It's been two years since we've had this conference and my goodness, I know everyone is excited to get back on the Gold Coast here. And so book your accommodation, book your conference tickets now. It's going to be a brilliant time to get it on the Gold Coast. And uh, we have Beth Cunningham from Church of the Highlands, Justin Edge from Life Church coming out, both coming out. It was like, well, the borders are open, let's get everyone in. And uh, so it's going to be a huge party on the Gold Coast, but it's more than that. There's going to be a time of uh, impartation, there's going to be a time of inspiration, and there's also going to be a time there where we practically teach on elements of kids' ministry. So that is going to be fantastic. Let me read for you a scripture. It's often spoken at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting one. But um, what I want to look at is um, a little bit of a text here. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, in it, and if I have faith that can move mountains but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all and possess to the, uh, all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but I have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. It goes on to talk about love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they'll cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, and when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, then they shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall not fully even as I am fully known, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Now I'm sure many of us have heard that text, taught on that text, heard that text at a wedding, but I want to specifically talk today um, that this text is talking about how we do things, not what we do. There's a whole lot, a list of what, 
There was a whole list there of all sorts of different what's. We prophesy, we teach, we go and help the poor, whatever we may be doing. At the end of the day, uh, the, the, the thing that is said right there is the greatest of these is love. And so this denotes that the way that we go about what we're doing matters so much. This is this is interesting because often we, we get around um, church and business and leadership and it's all about vision and strategy. Now, I'm for one that's all about vision. I'm all about strategy, all about systems. And um, any of those that are, are listening that have been part of the training or even part of our uh, coaching, we, we go into a lot of the systems. I like to break down the complex and make it simple. I love what Andy Stanley says. If you don't know how it works when it's working, you won't know how to fix it when it breaks. And therefore, the system needs to be able to be multiplied. A system needs to be able to be replicated. It needs to be able to be clearly understood. I'm strong on communication. But this is all around vision and strategy. And so you can have, on one side, really strong vision and strategy but Sam Chan writes that culture eats vision for breakfast. And, and, and whether Sam Chan originally said it, whether um, someone else said it, that's where I have read it or where I've heard it. And strong culture is so important. So here we have this, this, this argument about culture. And then often we get in church, what is culture? And, and the confusion around culture can start to come about because culture is not always articulated often what's articulated is preference Uh, so follow me here for a a, a moment what we have is we have people's preference on how to do things within church life and then they call that culture this is the way we do it no that that's a that's a preference a culture more so um, really helps uh, shape the atmosphere and shape uh, the, the way who we are what we do around here so it's a it's an interesting one to um, to to unpack to to put put simply culture as a definition is the ideas customs and social behaviour of a particular people or society. So how we shape culture is important. It's important on on the customs, the social behaviour, but these customs and behaviours are often through preference. Now, I'm not, not saying that churches um, you know, should go away from a biblical model, and this is where it gets argumentative. It's, oh, this is, this is how we should do it biblically. Okay, there's biblical, and then there's aspects of preference, and then it forms culture. If it's, we, let's not argue over culture if it's, if it's not, a, uh, you know, we're violating something biblically, and, and let's not argue about the way you do it on the left and the way you do it on the right. I was interviewed this week uh, talking about uh, the topic of outreach. And it's interesting that um, every church has a different almost definitional flavor of how outreach looks. And across Australia, I see a number of different churches and different denominations that express what outreach might be. It might go from, um, from one side to overt evangelism where we're preaching, whether it's street preaching or street evangelism or reaching people and then... And then on the other side, it's it's to go into the world, do good, um, feeding programs and and helping and clothing and 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 when we're not preaching, we're just preaching by nature of what we're doing, and, and 
and it's interesting neither are wrong both are both are right both are needed um what's important is to preach the gospel and and to also to look after people as the bible said we see in the book of acts uh, really that the the apostles at the beginning were, were struggling with this they they were being torn to uh, look after and feed and put bread on the tables but at the same time they were torn to continue to lead and devote themselves to prayer and the word of god and to um, continue to preach and to evangelize and and so neither's wrong both are right but just knowing who and how we do this is so important and I think likewise that what we often do is we get into debates around preference and cultures and the way that we're doing things. I just want to raise this a step further and through the lens of 1 Corinthians 13 today, just have a little bit of a look that at the uttermost, whichever way you choose to, to outwork evangelism, to outwork outreach, to outwork all that you're doing for God, to do it with love <laughs> to do it with love and and the manner that we do it trumps our what and i said that right at the beginning but our how trumps our what you could be feeding people but have a foul attitude and you're not taking people anywhere closer to god you could be evangelizing and then just walking past the needy and in no way are we helping <laughs> likewise and so it's our how which trumps our what and often we focus on the what we get very good at the what we get very good at all aspects but it's the how that is so important and 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 the only way that we can essentially um, have our how motivated by love is to understand that it doesn't come from a love of our own it comes from the love that only god can give now the different meanings of love we've got agapo which was used to do, uh, as a verb used to describe god's divine love the agape love and and this is exemplified in john three sixteen. for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son this action of totally being committed to the well-being of others without regard to to their worthiness even to the point of death and this is what we saw jesus do and that love was demonstrated by jesus um definitely and and so agape love is is that the filio love which is translated love um it's it, it refers to a fervent love or affection for another person and so when jesus was challenging peter in john um 21 i think um he he asked to do you agape do you do you have fervent care and love for me more than the other disciples and people say yes you know that i filio love i i care and this was his response um four times to jesus peter never used the word agape in response to jesus's question and so do you have divine love for me peter I have fervent love for you, Jesus, is what he's answering. Do you have divine love for me, Peter? I have fervent love for you, Jesus. Do you have divine love? And 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 essentially what Jesus is saying here is this love or this fervency and affection that you have, great, but I need the love in which I can only give 
and do within uh, do in and through you and produce that's the love peter that you need to be living out and and so it's from this point that we we both need um, all of us to love out through filio love have a care and a fervent affection for other people and care for their needs but it, it can really our what we're doing within ministry can only be motivated which is god's divine love and 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 we can't produce that within ourselves it's it's in reflection to what god is doing through us and and so what it 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 refers to competencies skill sets giftings your what is i am a um, doctor i'm a kids pastor i am a worship leader i'm a host team leader i'm a what i what function what giftings are you using to outwork um what god has put in your hands these are competencies and skill sets but how talks about character and how is the thing that needs to be um transformed and redefined through the divine love the agape love that only jesus can give and this character really this how which is our character it talks as talks of our attitude it talks of our responses it talks of our speech it talks of our body languages so let's break those ones down real quickly because this that 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 exemplifies character and character is our how and, and character is the thing that needs to be transformed by a divine love. So our attitudes is, are we in unity to, to, our, uh, to what, what is going on? Unity within team. Are we making sure that we're keeping short accounts? Are we making sure that um, even, you know, the, the Bible talks about it. You know, if you have a problem with your brother, go to them. But it, all, it also says if, if someone has a problem with you and you know, like, like don't don't be here at the altar and be, you know, in worship, receiving communion, doing all of this and then and, and not rectifying that. Even this week, uh, I had the busyness of, of, of life and pressures and things that were happening and uh, a staff member, a peer, spoke in a certain way and it is out of character on his behalf and rather than um, just thinking wow that's out of character I should check in to see how he is and acting in love and seeing it through the lens of love I I got a little bit antsy and, and took offense and sort of okay and and I responded back I, I reacted and I reacted okay and it was you know almost two guys passive aggressively saying comments back and forward and they were two of us me and, and one other who we love each other dearly we've known each other for many many years and my attitude wasn't through through love i didn't react through love i was uh, sorry i didn't respond in love i reacted and it it didn't cause unity i looped around the next day went back and said hey i just want to apologize for my actions i responded in a way that was not kind and was not loving and he said mate we have enough in the bank to know that either of us yesterday didn't speak and it wasn't a big blow up it was just two sharp statements him to me me back him snap i snap we walk away and that was it and it just didn't cause unity but i made sure that that i went after unity because how we do ministry this weekend how we do it over the next month um that matters more than what we're doing together 
So even on team, we can be doing a whole load together, but there's not unity, then, then there's a problem. We're not acting in love. And that's a character flaw right there. And that's our attitude, our attitude that's not positive, attitude of being negative and constantly pulling down. And, and we need to keep that in check. Our responses, as I said, how to handle expectations, how to handle feedback, how, how do we handle that? Because that's character and, and receiving that in love and, and, and reacting out of that in love is starting to uh, look at the character. How, how do, does our responses towards other people, how is our speech different private to public? how is it's the how the character does our body language do do we say um yes with our uh, head and mind but roll our eyes and say no is body language do we smile and nod our head but we're gritting our teeth because because this is character we're, we're not doing ministry in love at that point and our how matters so um we can have an amazing what, but our how is actually the ceiling. So we can have amazing gifts, amazing skill sets, amazing talents and competencies. And I've seen it for many, many years, people who are just so gifted and talented in so many different ways. And at the end of the day, um, it's their how, their character that unfolds because they're not acting and living out of love. And so John 13, verse 30, Jesus is there and he says, A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The very nature that we are loving within the house of God, the very nature in which we're loving but with each other, it will be the thing that speaks louder. Often we think it's my evangelistic message, speaking in the school that's going to transform lives. It could be the blankets or the food, their elements. But if I'm doing that not through a character or a motivated through love, through who I am, then it all breaks down as I'm snapping at the person, loading the car back up after we've just fed 200 kids in a school and the kids see that. And, and is that motivated in love and how we're doing it? Is that valuing even the person that's serving with us? And we must first receive before we give. And, and so it's so important to make sure that we are receiving love. And, and so the, um, we can have an amazing what, but at the end of the day, the how is the ceiling. So here's some how. How we treat one another. As I just said right then, how we treat one another, as Jesus was saying in John 13, how we speak to and about one another. Speech is so important. If, if, we're, if we're just um, speaking not in love, in Corinthians, if we speak in tongues or men, of men and of angels, but of no love, I'm just a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And so the how we accept one another matters the how we forgive one another not keeping record runs matters the how we have grace for one another is so important and how we look to the positive in one another matters how trumps our what and how is so important and how denotes 
the love of God, that divine love that we can only have because he first gave it to us and we receive, which is so important. Well, I'm so looking forward to connecting with many of you around the country over the next few weeks. For those that are listening internationally, um, I hope I can connect with you at some time. August 9th to 11th is Kid Shaper in August. And please, I would love to connect with anyone. So jump on our website, request a Zoom, and if I can serve you in any way, God bless. Have a